That's awesome. He almost looked like he was Photoshopped in, huh? He's really there. He's really there. (laughs) um, I tell you, it's an honor to be here. When we came back, um, oh gosh, here goes Weepy Deb. (laughs) We came back and um, it was just so good to be home. I just say that I love you guys. And it was so good to be home. And it was so good to just worship in my home with my own family. And, um, and every, every Sunday when we come in, I still feel like, yes, we're home. <laughs> we'll go out again. Um, <laughs> in fact, I think next week we have a ministry trip to do. But, uh, but we're, am I doing something wrong? Peace be still. No. <laughs> uh, but as we were out and we were between, uh, I guess, assignments is, uh, is what God, we moved when, when God moved, we moved. <laughs> when he would say, okay, it's time to go, we would go. And so we were between these two and we decided to have just a couple of nights to ourselves and we were out in the uh, southwest corner of Washington close to the coast. Blackberries galore. It was awesome picking those fresh blackberries and making blackberry crisp and still got some in the freezer Um, (laughs) but as we were there and we were just enjoying each other and enjoying the beauty of God and um, as I was sitting there actually I was sitting there doing some prayer and time and we just we went to bed and during the night I believe this was God and I'm all I'm saying all this because this leads to the title of my sermon I'm sleeping, and our RV is comfortable, and my bed is comfortable. <laughs> it's like home from away from home. Um, so it's not like I didn't have bad pizza, I didn't anything like that. This was God. And throughout the night, this phrase kept coming to my mind, and I would hear, lighten the load. I'd be like, all right. And then again, it would come throughout the night, lighten the load, lighten the load, so when I woke up that morning and I went to do my devos and I was like, you know, I started journaling and because I had to journal this phrase. I, Lord, I don't know what this means. I don't know the application of it. I do not know who it's for. I basically don't know anything. <laughs> but God, give, give me wisdom and, and give me understanding about, about this phrase. So later that morning, you know, I tell Tom about it and Tom was like, whoa. My husband, I love him. He always has an answer. He's amazing. <laughs> he says, well, that's what we're doing. We're lightening the load for other people. That's what we should call our ministry, lighten the load ministry. And he's going off like, or lighten our load, LOL. I'm like, and he's going on and on. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds good. But that's not what it was. <laughs> and so, so I put it aside, basically put it aside. Pastor Barry asked me to speak, and I'm like, oh, man, I know hardly, I don't think there's been one time when I just said to him, yes, I'll do it, without, because when I said yes, he goes, you didn't him and ha. It's like, and I'll tell you why. It's because God had given during Devo's words that I know have been burning in my heart and burning on me to be able to share because this I know, I have been called to speak 
the word of God. And I can't help but not do it. So I was going to speak on identity. On Monday, that was, that was, my, that was my sermon. I was going to speak on your identity in Christ, knowing who you are in him. Oh, it's going to be great. And then Tuesday, God says, actually, it might have been Wednesday morning, somewhere around there. He's like, hey, lighten the load. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Pull out my journal. Yeah, but you didn't give me anything for that. Remember, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to speak on that, <laughs> honestly. Um, but one thing I've learned, when God says, you do it. When God tells you to do something, you need to be obedient. Because I haven't before. And boy, it's a rocky path. And boy, it's not fun at all. When God tells you to do something, you do it. There's my mic, boom. We were joking. <laughs> I'm done. <No. laughs> be obedient to the word of God. And so we're speaking on, I'm speaking on, not you. <laughs> Lighten the load. So what is a load? Whether it's Hebrew or Greek or English, it means the same thing. It's a burden. It's a weight. It can be a hindrance, something that stops you from doing what you're supposed to be doing. There can be mental loads. You can have so much on your mind. You've been there before? There's, if you've got a load on your mind, you're just like, it's a weight. You're just so much to think about, so much to do. Could be emotional. You could be going through something. And... Uh, you know, all the feelings, all depression or exhaustion or whatever. It can be, there can be emotional loads. It can be a physical load. <laughs> when we were in Idaho, <clears throat> we got to stack wood. I said we, got to, we were able to stack wood because they need it for the winter. It's freezing up there. It's snowing. They're trying to get me to move. <laughs> it's snowing. It's cold. But we were preparing for the winter, now in summer. So I would put on... The stacks of wood, Tom helped Dan split the wood and, you know, put it in a big stack. And then we go with the wheelbarrow and put the wood on. I could get 25 to 30 of those things. And I could, oh, yeah, I could feel the muscles. It's like, you know, roll it over and then stack up the wood. Don't know if I did a good job, but, hey, I did it. It was a load. It was heavy. Did some bricks. Those are heavy. They were building a deck, and, a, and a, that was a load. Well, in the Bible, as I was looking up, Isaiah 46.1, they were talking about, Isaiah's talking about the captivity that was taking place in, in Babylon. It either taking place or was going to take place. And this is what he says, the idols of Babylon, Bel and Nebo, these were two gods who they made fun. Now, they didn't because they're just idols. They can't do anything. They're like my stack of wood. <laughs> you know, they're just pieces. Um, they're being hauled away on ox carts. And here's what the word says. The idols of Babylon, Bel and Ebal are being hauled away on ox carts. But look, the beasts are staggering under the weight because they would laden their idols with gold or silver. They would worship these inanimate objects. And I'm like, how stupid do you have to be? Tom has this phrase, you can be a knucklehead like you just mess up, or you can be a stupid head, you, you know, it's just dumb. That's what that is. It's like worshiping this. 
Who would bow down to a bottle of water? This is not my God. The stacks of wood, the idols are not their God. They forgot who their God was. And their idols were heavy for the ox. Whenever we put something before God, that is our idol. Right? Idols are burdensome. They don't bring freedom. There are some things that we put before God that are not bad in themselves. One is sports. Dodgers are in the World Series. That's me wearing blue. (laughs) Which, by the way, hey, if you can whoop and holler for your team, you can whoop and holler for God. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, (laughs) So sports, when I was younger, much younger, well, maybe not, <laughs> but when I was younger, I had a high school, in high school, whatever, I loved the Dodgers. I still love the Dodgers, but I don't love the Dodgers like I loved the Dodgers then. When I started driving, I would go to a Dodger game, even if I was by myself, or I'd take my little niece or nephew, feed them licorice or give them something, and just have them there, teach them how to, you know, hey, look at this, look at this, watch, watch baseball. Watch the Dodgers. Cheer for the Dodgers. They go charge. That's right. You know, we sing the game, the song, and take me out of the ball game. The whole thing. But what happened was, they became above God for me. Man, I loved my Dodgers. I would get the newspaper every morning, clip it out, had those grocery bags. They didn't have the plastic bags in. Had these big grocery bags, and I would, I would glue everything on. I had my scrapbook of my Dodgers. That was my team. That was my God. Until God said, hey, who's first in your life? <laughs> I, was always, I, I kept going to church. I, I was still teaching Sunday school. I was still doing it. But what had taken the first place in my heart was not God. I was putting something in front of him. I was putting something over him. And then it becomes, ooh, now I have a choice. I can either continue or stop and do what God wants me to do. See, the Israelites had the same choice. But what did they do? They became disobedient. Which remember, when God tells you to do something, be obedient. Became disobedient, became stubborn. And we can do the same thing. Become proud. We're going to do it our own way. I know how to do this. But yet, that's not what God wants. Things are not bad within themselves until they rise above the place of God in your heart. So, in doing this light and load, uh, there's three biblical examples that I just pulled out of the Bible that, hey, here's an example of the load being lightened. One was in Exodus 18. Here is Moses and, uh, and his father-in-law Jethro. And uh, Jethro comes to visit Moses because he hears all the good things that are happening, all the, all the things that, that, uh, that God's doing and how he brought him through the Red Sea and how God's just moving. So 
So Moses, uh, you know, tells his father-in-law everything that's happening, and, and they, you know, have this great interaction and fun time. And then the next morning, Moses goes about his work. And what he did, and it tells you in verse, uh, <laughs> I've got my reading glasses. It tells you in verse uh, 13. The next day, Moses sat as usual to hear people's complaints against each other. Wow, what a great job. They were lined up in front of him from morning till evening. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't you just love that? (laughs) Hearing people's complaints. I tell you, when your kids complain, you're like, be quiet, go in the other room. Hearing people's complaints all day long. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, why are you trying to do this all alone? The people have been standing here all day to get your help. And Moses said, well, people come to me to seek God's guidance. And when an argument arises, I'm the one who settles the case. I inform the people of God's decisions, and I teach them his laws and instructions. And his father-in-law says, this is not good. (laughs) You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now, let me give you a word of advice. And then Jethro proceeds to tell him, get leaders, get some men, and have them listen. You can, I mean, he started from like 10, a group of 10 to 20, to 30, you know, so that they can go from one to the other. And, and then the ones that are really heavy that they can't make a decision on, then let them come to you. I think that's a great idea than sitting all day long listening to people's complaints and, and arguments. You know what? Jethro gives the advice. And he says, this, this is too, too hard to be handled all by yourself. And here's what I love. Moses listened. Moses listened to his father-in-law. He took his advice. His load, his burden was lightened (laughs) because he listened. So there's a couple of things out of this one. Delegate to others to help out and don't do it yourself. And the other thing is be a Jethro. Be a Jethro. When you see somebody who is taking the stuff that they shouldn't be taking at all, it's like... Hey, um, let's, let's talk about this. What if, and give them the godly advice, right? Which leads me to my next biblical example. Acts 7. I think it was Acts 7. Oh, no, Acts 6. Close. Acts 6. I was reading through this. I just think this is amazing. So here's the, uh, <laughs> this is the believer's. I love this, this verse. It says, in verse 1, it says, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Man, God's doing great work. Things are multiplying. <coughs> There's multiplication happening. But, like, but yet, discontent arises. So basically what happened was, there was um, these widows... Hebrew widows, Greek widows, and they were saying that the Greek were complaining that those who spoke Hebrew were uh, 
that they were against those who spoke Hebrew because there was this discrimination of one getting more than the other in, in the food distribution. And the apostles, <laughs> the apostles were like, in verse 2, they're like, we apostles should, should spend our time preaching and teaching the word of God, not administering a food program, right? I know what I'm called to do. This is what I need to be doing. That's what the apostles are saying. We know our calling. We know we're supposed to be speaking the word of God. We're not supposed to be doing this. So they, uh, they said, we're going to get seven men who are well-respected, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we're going to put them in charge. And when they're in charge, then we can spend our time praying. We can spend our time preaching the word. We can spend our time teaching the word. Know your calling. Be a Jethro. Turn to the person on your right and say, be a Jethro. Turn to the person on your left and say, know your calling. Know your calling. Do what you were called to do or you are called to do. Let others help in the other stuff. Let them do what they were called to do. Know your assignment. Know your mission. Know what you're supposed to do what, and what you aren't supposed to do. Tom and I uh, were doing premarital with couples, and we were doing this Danny Silk um, series. Uh, just slipping. Defining the relationship. And in that was knowing your marriage mission statement. And so as we, we, you know, we would watch the video and then we would discuss and we'd do the exercise or whatever. And, and so we were watching the video with our first couple that we did. And this was a few years ago, probably 10 years ago, seven, something like that. And, uh, and Tom and I had never done that. So as they're doing their statement, we're doing ours. And I loved it because it was so easy. In fact, we did this a few years ago in, a, in one of our marriage groups uh, here at the church. And, and there's just like this list of words. And you just pray, Lord, whatever word like just really tickles my insides or whatever, you just circle that word, right? And so, so I love it because there's a list of words. Oh, I love loving others, encouraging others, empowering others. I just started sort of dancing, you know, not that I'm great. I just love to move. <laughs> and, you know, started just circling things. And as I was doing it, then he was doing it. And so then you, you get a list of a bunch of verbs and then a uh, uh, target group, people that you, you know, just you love on. And, you know, mine was next generation. That's right, the church. I was just, that's who my target group, that's who I love. And then it was like, um, Things that you, uh, how you do things, like through hospitality, through administration, through all these different things, you know, that, and you just circle the words. And then you have to narrow them down. So once you narrow them down, you figure out your words, and then they give you a phrase, and you just stick the words in there. And it's like, oh, I got a life mission statement. I've been trying to do this all my life, and <laughs> it was too hard because I couldn't think of what I like to do because I like to do so many different things, Right? So I did the words, Tom did the words, and then we compared. And we first saw what was the same. What were the ones that, that were closer that we could agree on? And then we ended up narrowing it all down. We didn't end up with two or three, but we ended up with a little more because, hey, who follows the rules? 
So, so our life mission state goes something like this. We exist in our marriage to encourage, empower, and love the next generation through prophetic, through hospitality, and there was one more that I couldn't remember. <laughs> and, and it was like, I love that. And guess what? That's what we were doing right then. We were hosting a life group of young adults. We have been doing that through our whole marriage. It was nothing new, but it was on paper. It's like what Danny Silk says. You could go through a junkyard, and as you're going through, you pick up, ooh, that's shiny, and you pick that, ooh, that's pretty, and you pick this out, and you pick this out, and you come through, and you have nothing that you can create together. But if you have a purpose, if you have a mission, I want you to build a wagon. Go through the junkyard and pick out the pieces. Oh, here's an axle. Oh, here's a wheel. Oh, here's a handle. Here's a bit. You come out with the things to build what needs to be built, right? Know what you are called to do. And it will look different in different phases of your life. What we are doing now looks totally different than what we were doing last year but it's still the same. It's still our calling. And it's still just as fun. Know what you're called to do. And, and you know, if you, if you need help with that, if you, I have the, the resources, come see me after. If that's just something that, hey, the Lord's talking to me about that, and I really need to know that. I really need to figure that out. Or even as, as, a, as a couple, you know, as, as a married couple, we don't really know what we're supposed to do. In our, come, come, I have the resources. I'll give them to you. We'll talk about them. We'll go through them. Thing is, you got to do it, right? Got to do it. <laughs> I, I love that. Know what you're, what you're supposed to do and what you aren't supposed to do. Because when you know what you're supposed to do, and this lightens the load, because then you know what to say yes to and you know what to say no to, Right? Because sometimes there's some of us who are yes people. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll help you do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, until you're like, your load is heavy because you've been saying yes too many times. Know what you're called to do and know what you're not supposed to do. Another thing in the word of God, enlightening the load. Always loved the character Jonathan. Jonathan, in fact, if I had a son, his name was going to be Jonathan Michael because I loved Jonathan so much. I loved his character. I love how he loved David. I loved his zeal and his, his uh, uh, just knowing who he was. Or, and, and so in uh, it's 1 Samuel 14, Jonathan and uh, Saul, they're, they're uh, in this battle, and they're, oh, actually, they're not in the battle yet. They're in the waiting of the battle. And, uh, and so Jonathan uh, was camped out in one spot, and Saul was camped out in another big, big bunch of men, whatever they're, whatever they're doing, preparing for battle. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and so Jonathan was with his armor bearer. And for some reason, the armor bearer, this is what, when I first came to this church after being healed through just obligation and doing ministry out of that instead of doing ministry out of your heart and what God wants you to do. And we had said we're not doing anything for a year when we came here. 
loved Pastor uh, David Metzger and his wife Karen, who's been a lifelong friend, still a lifelong friend. We went and saw them this summer. And, and when it was time to start again, when all the tears were flushed out through worship, when all the refilling was, was brought back in and all the leadership development and all the stuff that came through, and then it was like time to serve. The Lord had put armor bearer on my heart. I told Tom, we're to be an armor bearer to the pastors. We're to support them. Then when Turner came on, we're to support them. We're their armor bearer. Mule locks are here. We're their armor bearer. We're to support them. We're to love on them. So here Jonathan and his armor bearer. An armor bearer, what they did was they, they bared the armor. They took the sword. They took the shield. They took the... And there's not that many mention of them. And, and they would be in the Old Testament because when the chariots came, that's the armor bearers kind of phased out. Um, but there's not that they talked about, you know, Goliath had an armor bearer. Can you imagine carrying his sword and shield? <laughs> Going before him and protecting him. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but Jonathan's armor bearer, Jonathan said, hey, let's go check out the Philistine camp. Let's go over. And unbeknownst to his father, the king, Jonathan's like, let's go do this. Let's go, let's go see what's happening. And the armor bearer is like, whatever your desire is. My heart, my, the impulse of your heart is mine. And I'm like, whoa, that's an armor bearer. They're loyal, they're servants to their master, but they're loyal and they'll give their life. When Saul's armor bearer, when Saul told him, hey, you know, kill me. And he's like, no, he wasn't going to kill him. So Saul laid on his own sword. The armor bearer then killed himself. That's a love for your master. That's what the armor bearer's characters were like. They were loyal. They loved. They supported. They carried. They went alongside. And this armor bearer, and, and when, when he and Jonathan went down, and, and whatever Jonathan decided, that's what he was in. Let's go down there. Amongst all the enemy? Yeah, whatever you say, I'm with you. <laughs> that's a good supporting friend, right? And they went down. Do you know that day the Philistines were conquered because of Jonathan and his armor bearer? They were conquered. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, here's the army. Saul and his men are like, what's going down happening in the Philistine camp? You know, who's not here? And Jonathan wasn't there. So then that's when they realized it was Jonathan and his armor bearer. And they went down. And there was a, a victory because there, they, be, just because of doing what he felt God was telling him to do and the armor bearer saying yes, there was terrible confusion in the camp. And as a result, there's, there's a victory that, that happens in that place. I love that. Do what you think is best. I'm completely with you. Whatever you decide. And then they routed the enemy together. <laughs> Here's my challenge to you. Be an armor bearer for your pastors and your leaders. We've uh, spoke to and visited probably about 10 pastors throughout this summer. We took them out to dinner or lunch or just spent time in their homes and talked with them and 
Some of them are doing great, awesome, have good support. And there's some of them, uh, it's the people in their church that rise up against them. And I'm like, what, what? How? Why? But when you see it, it's because what? It's a heart condition. If you've been there so long and you're not willing to change and you're not willing to hear God or to, and you're set in your ways and you're stubborn and disobedient, that's how. Become like the stinking Israelites. And I've seen too many pastors hurt because of that. Be an armor bearer. Support them. Love them. Speak respectfully to them. That's what an armor bearer, armor bearer is not going to diss their master. They're going to speak respectfully to them and about them. They're going to deal in a way that honors their God-given responsibilities. Do that for your pastors. Do that for your leaders. God has given them. They know their assignment. They know what they're called to do. Be part of that. Don't be against it. Lift them up in that. We need more armor bearers in the church. Amen? Than the long-standing members who tear them down or take them down. We need to support and uplift our pastors. We need to pray for them daily. Pray for their family. Pastors are on the front line, guys. As one myself, we go through things. We know who holds the future. We know, and and trust in him. I mean, Tom and I are going through something right now, but yet I know who I can trust in. I know the Lord. I know he's going to take care of everything. I don't have to worry. But it's good when I have those friends who come and are saying, I'm praying for you, Deb. You're in our prayers, Deb. I got a text yesterday from Megan. Hey, so excited you're praying, or you're preaching, praying for you. Man, that meant a lot to me because someone's praying for me. Support and uplift them. And when you pray, pray for strength for them. Pray for power to fulfill the responsibilities that, that God is leading them into. They need to be uplifted. We need to elevate them, Right? We need to elevate our leaders. We need to elevate our pastors. We need to be an armor bearer. That's what we need to do. We need to love on them. We need to, need to take that sword, as, as Pastor Barry talked last week on the, on the uh, armor of God, right? So we, we take those, that sword, and, and sometimes the armor bearer would not only give his sword to the person to... to uh, to his master to be able to uh, defend himself, but also would, would defend too, would protect too. And that's what we need to do. Lift them up, protect them, love on them. Via Jethro. <laughs> know your calling. Be an armor bearer. Elevate your leaders. Don't ever tear them down. Don't touch the Lord's anointed. <laughs> Just a word of caution there. <laughs> God's given him an assignment to do. 
as I was looking, there's not a whole lot of scripture on load or burden or weight either. That's one reason I didn't want to preach on this. <laughs> I'm like, God, give me something. <laughs> but in Psalms 146, 8, it says, The Lord lifts the burdens of those bent beneath their loads. That's New Living Translation. And then in Psalm 68, 19, Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. That's why we don't have to carry it. That's why we don't have to have it. We don't have to have the weight. We don't have to have those things that are... This week was one of those... Uh, could have been a tough week. There was a lot of things I had to do. A lot of things. Appointments here and there. I had... Uh, our house had gotten flooded, so we're trying to keep, we're putting it back, it's pretty much back together, but lost our, our dining room table was a total loss. So I, my sister had a table that was sitting there, and I said, hey, I'm going to redo this. And so that's a lot of work, man. <laughs> getting close, getting really close, and we should have a dining room table next week. But, but there was a lot, I mean, that was one of the, the projects on my list. I'm a list person. And all these, I write everything down. I got a lot of stuff on my list. Dodgers were in the World Series. I had to watch that. You know, I mean, come on. I had to root for them. <laughs> had to take the time, right? Um, uh, praise God they won last night. It has increased my prayer language. <laughs> I totally forgot where I was going. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of burden. There's a lot of weight. But you know what? The, the, the thing is, I will not let be put aside my quiet time or devos with, with God in the morning. And if I have an appointment early in the morning, then later on when I come back. That is the one thing, which is another sermon in itself. <laughs> the one thing. Because how do I know what to do if I'm not listening to get my list? And I mean just the daily stuff. How do I know? Oh, you can do it on your own, Deb. You know this has to be done. This has to be done. Yeah, but how do I know that's what God wants me to do that day? I don't. I did this when I was in the office, too. All right, God, what do we have today? Here's the things that I need to get done. What do you want me to do? Well, you can work on this, this, and this. And then sometimes things would get done, and sometimes, guess what? It didn't. Because... God had planned for people to come in and just one-on-one -on -one talking, right? This is what I want for you to do today, Deb. Always allow that time for things to... Hey, stuff will get done the next day. Stuff is just stuff. People are not stuff, right? God will take care of the burden. God will take care of... I don't know how it happens, but we pretty much got everything on my... I say we because I included him in there. We pretty much got everything done on my list in preparation for um, this morning and then for something we're doing this evening. We pretty much got everything already done. Why? I believe because giving first time to the Lord. He does that. I don't know how he does it, but he does it because he's God. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What? I 
got enough burdens on my own, Lord. Oh, yeah, you're going to take those. So guess what? You can help somebody else. This Tuesday, to me, outreach is not an option or a calling. That's what you are. That's what you do as a believer, right? (laughs) This Tuesday night, you have an opportunity to be in the community. Take it. Take it. Last, last week, we were in the community with the Pumpkin Festival. Man, I had the time of my life. I loved it. Because you know why? Kids come up to play the games, and as they come, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Roll that little plunko down. And as many as you get, that's how much candy you get. <laughs> 18. Woohoo! And the parents are like, whoa. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. And the kids' eyes just light up. And guess what? You were just a light to someone. I will be at the carnival. Tom will be at home, and I'll tell you why. I know we don't celebrate Halloween, and it's one of those, I struggled with it for a long time. But I have kids in my neighborhood. When I was small, when I was younger, not even small, when I was in high school, we would go trick-or-treating. We like candy. We like goodies, right? <laughs> and so, so as a result, we go out and we get them. And if there was a, a house that was dark on the, oh, boo! We didn't like it. Because who am I touching? I, I came to the point where who am I going to be a light to? My light will be on because I want to give. I want to give to that kid. And so this year, we used to give out sodas. This year, now that we moved back, we got that idea from a guy who was two houses down, so it's like, we'll give out chips. <laughs> we'll give out chips, and then that way they can get their soda two houses down. You know, it's like, so Tom will be home giving out and loving on kids at, at, in the neighborhood. We used to have 100 or so come through our house in San Dimas. That was a ministry. Loved on them. We'd do stuff out in the front yard and have them come by and just love on them, talk to their parents and, and just be Jesus. It's an opportunity to spread the love of God. So take what has been taken as evil and turn it into something that you can expand God's ministry with. That's how I look at it. So we'll be doing both. <laughs> Carry each other's burden. Help out one another. Don't be, oh, uh, and, and I'm talking to leaders here or people who are involved in ministry. If Don't be, oh, this is just my ministry. I'm not going to go over there. No. They need help. Step over there. Help them out. Right? Did I hear an amen there? <laughs> yeah, help them out. Hey, you see someone who, who's struggling to get in the door of the grocery store? Open the door. <laughs> Let them through. Love on people. That's what, that's what carrying each other's burden comes down to. Love on people. And we just had a big, huge series on that, right? Love your neighbor. Love on people. Carry each other's burden. Why? You fulfill the law of Christ. And then this one is the why to lighten the load. I'm like, oh, God, you put a why in your scripture. Oh, my goodness, that's awesome. Hebrews 12, 1. 
throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles you and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. In the New Living Translation, it says, strip off every weight. Strip it off. Strip off the weight. No, I can't read my... Oh, that slows us down. I couldn't read my notes. (laughs) Strip off every weight that slows us down. Because we got to run that race that's marked out for us with our eyes fixed on Jesus. That's the why. That's why we lighten the load. To strip off the, the things that hinder us, the weights that hinder us, so that we can run with our eyes fixed on Jesus. That's the why. That's why we don't worship the idols that where the ox are just like it's a burden. Strip it off. Take it off. Run. There's a prize waiting for you. Eyes are fixed on the Lord because there's a reward in heaven. It's like I'm always looking this way. I'm living here, but I'm looking there. (laughs) <laughs> I had to have a procedure before we left in the, in the summer. was supposed to have one. Had it when we came back, and this is the reason why. You know when you go in and the doctor says, well, here's all the risks that could happen, you know, to the point of death, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, uh-uh. I'm not going to give the enemy a foothold. I know what we're supposed to be doing, where we're supposed to be doing, and when we're supposed to be doing it, and it's next week. And the doctor goes, oh, no, you can't leave next week. you got to come back and check. And, and I'm like, then I'm not doing it. So she's like, oh, you could have this, and then it could blow into this or this. And, this. and I'm like, Mm-mm, don't speak those words over me, first of all. Second of all, it's like, uh, I, and I told her, I know what we're supposed to be doing. I know what God has assigned for us. And I know where we're supposed to be, and I'm not to be here next week. So I will put this off. Well, I won't put it off too long, da 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 I, I got to have you write it that this is against my wishes. And, and so Tom was helping her write it out, you know, her little thing. And, 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 and uh, against my wishes, to the point of death. I'm like, all right. Hey, I said, Doc, if I have something, God could heal me, right? But if he chooses not to heal me and he chooses to take me to heaven and death is that option, then I'll be in heaven with Jesus. It's a win-win situation. I don't see the problem. And she looks at us, and she says, do you, she says to Tom, what, and he goes, I totally agree with her. I back her up. (laughs) And she says this, I have never met people like you before. And Tom goes, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry you haven't encountered more people like us. It's like, you know what? God has everything under control. I will not live in fear. Woo! I will not live in fear. I will walk in what He's called me to walk in. I will not let the weights hold me down. What load are you carrying that you need to give to Jesus? Or have you exchanged your love for Jesus? Maybe you haven't even given your life to Jesus. And as it was mentioned this morning, hey, he's there knocking at the door. He's like, come on, open it up. I'm here. I'll take it. I'll take your load. And man, I will exchange it for good stuff. 
I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy stuff, but it's good stuff. So we have a good father, and he is good all the time. That's a truth. You can bank on that. And he has your best interest at heart all the time. You can bank on that. So why not exchange your load? Here, God, take it. Come in. You, you have my life. I can't do this without you. I couldn't do this without God. I couldn't live without, without the Lord. There's times when I, I think, hmm, if, if it wasn't for the Lord and if it wasn't for Tom, I'd be living a totally different life. That, it's true. But I believe because of prayers of my mom, I believe because of prayers of others, I believe because of my upbringing and because of knowing who God is, when that stuff and that temptation comes in that so easily entangles and starts to hinder you from running the race and you start to go the opposite way, God, but God, he takes that and he'll turn it around. How? I don't know. I really don't care because he's God. And he changes things around like no one else because he's God and it's him alone. It's he alone who I serve. That's why I'm so passionate about him because he, he gave his son for me. Even if I was the only one, even if you were the only one, he'd do it for you. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. He has your best interest at heart. So if you haven't exchanged your load for Jesus, hey, go back and exchange it. And where can you lighten the load for others? Those are the points I want you to think about. Where can you lighten the loads for others? God is so good. All the time. God is so good. All the time. Anytime I hear that, when someone says, God is so good, I'm like, all the time. God is a good God. He gives good gifts to his kids because he's just good. <laughs> I just love that because <laughs> he loves us so much. I want you to bow your heads and uh, worship team as you come up. Some of us carry loads that we don't, we don't have to carry. Don't get comfortable in carrying a load. Sometimes you don't know what to do because the load's gone. <laughs> Ask the Lord. He'll tell you. He's got better things for you. Better things for you than carrying a load. We have people who pray. Um, if you go on back to the back and if there is a, I, I'm serious about, about exchanging the load for Jesus. If that's you and the Lord's speaking to you, and there, there are people back there who would love to just talk with you and lead you to the Lord. You're someone who has, you're carrying something physically or emotionally and it's just too much. And you're like, I, 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 I can't handle this. Go back and get prayed for. 
the worst thing you could do is leave the same way you walked in. When God's calling out your number and he's talking, it's time to put your listening ears on. And not only listen, but obey. Because it's in the obedience, it's in the step that you take that breakthrough starts to happen. That victory comes. So if you'd bow your heads. Lord, I thank you that you alone are God. And Lord, that you will not let us walk through this life carrying the load alone, carrying the burden alone, having any weight upon us. But Lord, you want us to to strip it off, to give it to you. Lord, you want us to have others come alongside of us, cheer us on, because we're running that race with our eyes fixed on you. And Lord, right now, as you're speaking to hearts, as you're speaking, Lord, let ears be open. Give us ears to hear, ears to understand, minds to understand. Hearts, Lord God, renew our hearts, Lord. We come against anything the enemy would try to do in stopping us from hearing your voice. But Lord, as as our armor is put on, that helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness, that belt of truth, that sword and that shield and those gospel um, shoes of peace, that Father, there is nothing that can clink that armor because it's your armor because you alone are God you alone are good you alone are great so Father let us not do anything in let us just not do anything because that's wrong we need to do something in removing any weight that would hinder us from running our race with our eyes fixed on you. Let nothing get in our view, nothing in our gaze. So may we look upon your beauty, upon your gloriousness, because you want what's best for us. In the name of Jesus, amen.